Well, thank you for coming out tonight. I'm going to go ahead and get started um, because I'm in charge of the youth group tonight too, so I have to be done at 7. Um, but I appreciate, appreciate you responding uh, to our invitation and our request that you come. Uh, so thank you. This, we call this Vision Dinner. It's because we eat dinner together and then we talk about vision. Uh, tonight we intended to have Wade uh, and Ali Savant give an update. However, they are having trouble getting out of uh, South America with David and Gigi, but I do think they've landed in, uh, in uh, Miami, and so G- Gigi will get to sleep in her bed tonight, which I think she's very much looking forward to. But do be praying for them, because that's been a tough, uh, I know that's been a tough couple days. I, it's pretty strange for a lot of people to think there's one flight out, and sometimes they just cancel it because they want to. And you're stuck. And so that's where they've, uh, where they've been. But no, uh, so we don't have that to do. So what I want to do instead is um, I want to tell you about some things, uh, I, I guess it's related to vision, but some staff things that are happening at the church so that you can be aware because it does relate to uh, what I think um, we're going to see happen around here over the next um, six months and then uh, probably the next two or three years. Uh, the analogy that I would use is we think about the summer, this is, we don't meet, we don't do anything during the month of, J- of July, we kind of shut down and so August... You know, so from now until August, there's not a whole lot going on. But when, when September hits and the fall gets here, the analogy that I've used to describe what I think it's going to feel like around here is if you've ever been to Islands of Adventure in, in uh, Orlando and you get on the, the Hulk roller coasters, anybody ever ridden the Hulk roller coaster there? If you're, if you're used to roller coasters, you know that the typical thing with roller coasters is you get in the roller coaster and it kind of creeps out of the station, creeps up the hill, and then once, once it gets to the top, you know, okay, we're about to go down the other side of this thing, and it's going to take off. And, of course, you get on the Hulk, and you're expecting it to kind of creep its way out of the station, and all of a sudden it just, it just shoots you out, right? If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Just, and you, and you fly up and immediately go into a loop-to-loop. Um, I really do think... Um, that what we're, going to, what we're going to experience in the fall is going to feel like we, we're buckling in and uh, we're just going to get shot out of a cannon for a number of reasons. Uh, the first being that we're going to plant a church, uh, which is going to be, just in case you haven't heard or you, I don't know what rock you've been under, um, probably, Jeff, what's the date? I can't remember. October 12th, which is the day after our sixth anniversary as a church. Uh, will be the first um, evening service that we put on, um, and I'm thinking, um, we're still thinking like, five, uh, no, sorry, six o'clock on Sunday evenings is where we're settled at right now, uh, and that, it's going to be an odd thing that we're still figuring out exactly, but it's going to be kind of a both and, a second service for the Church of the Redeemer, so people who are from Redeemer, if you're out of town and can't get back for the Sunday morning service and you want to go to an evening service, or if you just like 6 o'clock better, uh, you're welcome to go to that. But also it's going to be uh, the launch pad from which this new congregation is going to be launched into the southwestern part of the city. Now, don't ask me a whole lot of questions because we don't have a whole lot of answers. Okay, that's about all we know. But that's going to happen, and then there's also going to be some changes uh, from a staff perspective, and that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, as many of you know, Jody and Jean Grant are, are moving. I'm very sad about that. Did everybody know that? Is that news? It's, not, it's public, so don't like, think, oh, I, I just did something wrong. Um, but we've known, for, we've known for a little time that that could be coming. Gene's taking a job uh, with a company um, 
where they will be, actually they're going to be, they're hoping to move back into a house that they've owned for the last 10 years, but not lived in. Uh, so they're going back to a pla- the place where they lived 10 years ago uh, to live in what was their kid's favorite house, and so they're very excited about that. But that obviously leaves a hole for, for, for us as far as children's ministry. So we are, hopefully you saw in the worship folder um, this past week that we're actively looking for somebody to, f- to take on that role. And we would prefer that to be somebody from our congregation. And so be in prayer about that, but that'll be uh, good. Uh, you know, ultimately for the Grant family, we believe, and also uh, for us, God's going to work through that. You also probably know um, that a little more complicated situation, but uh, sometime toward the end of the year last year, Josh Nicholson uh, met with the session, and those men, I think, very wisely um, discerned just what they they felt a a little bit of a a waning passion for student ministry in him. Uh, which I think it took him a while to, to recognize in himself, but having done so, uh, both Josh and our session have decided that it's, it was time for us to move on uh, and seek to hire somebody to replace him as uh, director of student ministries here too. And so we're actively looking uh, for that position as well. What will be different about that is um, that we would like to, to, instead of having kind of a pre-seminary or going to seminary, part-time, guy, what we really decided, what our session would really like to see is for us to hire somebody who has, has seminary training, is either ordained or ordainable, has a little more life experience, maybe has a couple, you know, kid, a couple kids, uh, who would be more of a pastoral role to the teenagers of our church, number one, because we believe with all the kids that we have here, that's a, that's a we have to steward uh, that gift well. And secondly, I think what we desire to see be true of our church that it's we really feel like it's time for us to begin to strategically think about how to mature our ministries uh, how we can begin to do things like vacation bible schools maybe a, a something like an awana program for children uh, a more a more extended come on in a more extended youth ministry uh, youth youth program so as we'd like to see those those um those ministries mature, realizing that we have this unbelievable opportunity with all the kids that are running around here, we realize we have to staff appropriately for that. So we are on the lookout for somebody who could directly be involved in youth ministry, student ministry, also help oversee children's ministry, uh, and really call that person something like a pastor to students and families or something to that effect. Uh, so that's a big deal. And really it is kind of a ramping up because... Uh, because of how where we feel like we are uh, and where we ultimately want to be, and that we just it's we just feel like it's time. So those are two things. Those are and those are big deals. Uh, and so I wanted to let you know about that. But I'd love to uh, answer. I'd love for you to have some time to ask questions about those things. Any questions about any of that? To put you on the spot. Come on. Yeah, Liz. The late person is the first one to ask the question. <laughs> There you go. Um, I think, I, well, I think our, our um, well, no. For the first position, for, for a director or for a coordinator of children's ministries, I think our idea would be if there was somebody in the church already that could do that, that would be great. Because um, it's a very part-time position, and it requires, it requires an intimate knowledge because it's so, sorry, 
I have, did you, do you guys know we moved my 90-year-old grandmother in with us this week? And my wife's out of town, so I'm on Meemaw alert. So I got to really be careful about she's home by herself. Um, what was I saying? I don't even know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, because you may not realize it, but a large, a large part of what that person does is, um, is coordinate volunteers. Right? And in order to do that, you've got to know who those volunteers are. So it really would be helpful to have kind of an inside knowledge of the church to be able to do that work. But if you talk about the second position being, what I've said was, is being a either ordained or an ordainable seminary trained pastor type person. If there's somebody like that in our congregation, sure, we'd consider that. But I think everybody in our congregation that fits that bill for the most part is already in a role of pastoring. So we would be looking. We actually were hoping... Some of you may know Brian March uh, from Trinity. We had approached him and, and asked him if he would consider coming and doing that. But he and his wife felt called to get close to her family in Maryland. And so he told us, he told us uh, that he just didn't really feel like they could do that at this time. So we were hoping we had a quick solution uh, to that. That would have been great. Uh, but it, in God's timing and God's will, it uh, didn't turn out that way. So, Other questions, please. This is the time. It helps me. Joe. Oh, no, that wasn't a hand. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Nobody else. I mean, you guys are either the easiest people to pastor in the world. I mean, there it is, I guess. I mean, I'm just, I grew up with Baptist business meetings, right? I mean, if you open the floor to Baptist business meeting, it didn't matter what the topic was. If you could rest control of the meeting 35 minutes later, it was a miracle. So we're not a congregational system, I know. Yeah, Vicki. Yes. Yeah, I mean, to this point, we've just not done anything that's had any kind of program um, characteristic to it. Uh, and I think, I think what we do is just say that's our, our um, I mean, our guiding principles are just relational-based discipleship type stuff. And so, um, well, I guess I could put it this way. I'm thinking on my feet. I'm sorry. One of the things that we, one of the things that in trying to sell Brian or to sell a guy to come and take the position, what we would say is, is we're not hiring somebody to do the ministry to students for us. We're hiring somebody whose job it is to coordinate uh, all of the parents and adults and college age and post-college graduate kids, all of the ministry that all of those people that feel called to, uh, to minister to kids in our church are doing. So, I mean, so even in the sense of hiring somebody to coordinate the body doing ministry to uh, the children of this church, whether they be five or whether they be 15, because we have taken vows to help one another. And so I think it's, a, I think it's not in keeping with uh, the reality of the, even the vows we've taken to hire somebody to do the ministry for us and not have... So one of the things we've not accomplished to this point is uh, not a whole lot of parental involvement. So it's not been very relational. It's been very program feel. Uh, rather than rather than um, the desire it being it being uh, you know just a, a relational um, dynamic even in the way we do the ministry, so I guess I would just say that's just not gonna. I mean, we're gonna keep inching towards more mature ministry, and event and there will probably will come a day where we'll look back and say when, when you know did we to be always asking are we crossing the line between what's relational what just becomes program driven. And to, and to constantly just be 
evaluating that. I know that's a terrible answer to your question, but that's the only way, that's the only way I know how to answer it. Because, because, like I said, the way we've attacked that so far is just to not do anything. Um, and that's not true, I guess, but, I mean, but to not even inch toward something like a, and I don't know, something like a vacation Bible school in the summer, or some kind of, the, you know, some kind of catechism class for children, right, is what Jonathan would be excited, something like that. So what does that look like? What does that look like for us? What does that look like for our church? That's what we've got to figure out, right? Not necessarily do a wanna have to gather. We don't even have we don't even have the manpower to pull something like that off at this point. So part of what we've got to do is figure out how we can grow a little bit beyond where we are to be able to do some of the things that we want to do too. And that's something the session's thinking about as well. So as unsatisfactorily as I answered that, any other question? Yes. I'm not going to try to speak. I'm not going to try to speak to that. They are uh, Wade and Allie. Wade Savant is is uh, the third child of um, David and Gigi, and they are coming home. They were in Bolivia, and they are. Um, they were, they thought they were going to be there for two years, but they ended up only staying for a year. And Wade's they're moving to uh, the Charlotte area to start RTS. Uh, he wants to go to RTS, so that's what we actually we actually asked Wade Dally if they would come and do student ministry for us too, and they told us no. So two people have told us no now. So I'm starting to take you know I'm starting to wonder if it's not, huh? We're over two, so God's got something good in store for us. That's right. Uh, so any 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 no other questions? Wow, great. Then. The other thing that I wanted to, to share with you is we're also there's also one other one other hire that we're going to make uh, that we've actually already made, and I just needed to let you know about that. And we've talked about it for a while. I hope that you can see this isn't the best this isn't the best um, pen, and I forgot to get another one, so I apologize. But I think uh, you've heard us talk about one of the one of the um, one of, the, one of the theological categories that, that historically the church has talked about is what's called the threefold, the threefold office of Christ. That Jesus is a prophet, a priest, and a king. Familiar with that at all? Have I already lost you? Some of you? So, um, Jesus is prophet. He's priest. And he's a king. And really what, what that refers to is, is there were in the Old Testament scriptures, there were three, there were three offices of people that were anointed. Uh, if, a, if a prophet, you know, for a prophet to begin his ministry, usually began with that prophet being anointed by some, by some other prophet or by a priest or by some figure of authority. And the anointing was the sense of God setting that person apart uh, especially for the ministry that he had called them to. So prophets were anointed. And of course, uh, if you're reading along with us in community Bible reading, you, you've, you know, we're reading the prophets right now. What was the role of a prophet? Somebody tell me. What did prophets do? They spoke for God. What else? Have y'all forgotten this is supposed to be question and answer? I'm like dying up here. What are you doing? What's that? They anointed the king. 
Okay, so they, yeah, they were like, so they, they were representative, representative of God in his, in his uh, setting apart other, other leaders. They spoke the truth. They were, so they were preachers. Uh, they, they prosecuted the people of God according to the law of God, right? Uh, so they, they were, they were, they were mouth, mouthpiece of God. Uh, priests were also anointed. And of course, what was the role of priests? They were in the temple. What kind of things did they do? They made sacrifices for the people. They mediated. So they were, and they would pray for people. They would care for, they would care for the sick. Uh, you know, and so they were, they were kind of, um, they were the pastor type people, right? They, they made sure that the physical needs and the spiritual needs of people were taken care of. And then, of course, kings were also anointed. And what was the job of a king? To rule and to govern. And so when, I think you probably know, Messiah, the, the word Messiah means anointed one. And so when, when the Old Testament started to talk about the anointed one that would come, what the New Testament picks up on, what theologians through the ages have picked up on, is G, if Jesus is the, the anointed one, then just as prophets were anointed, priests were anointed, and kings were anointed, the anointed one would be the one in whom all of those different offices found their fulfillment. So Jesus... Uh, came in his ministry. Thanks, Rick. His ministry was the ministry of a prophet, right? What did prophets do? They spoke the word of God. What did Jesus do? He spoke, the letters are in red in your Bible, right? But not only did he speak the word of God, John 1, 1, he was the word of God. He is the very word of God, okay? He's also a priest, right? What did priests do? Made sacrifices, what did Jesus do? He was the sacrifice. He sacrificed his own body as an atonement for our sins. And, and, what is he, and remember, if he's in heaven now, what's he in heaven doing right now for all of us? He's praying for us as a faithful high priest. Right? And then, of course, uh, kings, the job of kings was to do what? Okay, and what, is, and what, is, what did Jesus come to do? rule and what's he doing now ruling over ruling at the right hand of the father over all things for the sake of his people and so if jesus has come uh to to fulfill all three of these roles then in many ways what he's doing in us is he's forming us as a people who also uh fulfill the role of prophet priest and king in our families and in our community and whatnot we also believe that in the church that he's he's given the government of the church into the hands of of offices uh, that mirror the offices of prophet, priest, and king. So in our church, in our denomination, we have, uh, there, we have two offices. We have elders and deacons. But even within the eldership, we have teaching elders. And guess what the role of a teaching elder is? What do they do? What? Teach. They teach. And so just like the prophets of old were, were responsible for speaking God's words... So we believe that there are elders specifically trained, equipped, called to, uh, to have a ministry of teaching and preaching. We also have, I think you may know this, but we also have a classification of elders in our, in our denomination, in our church, that are called ruling elders. And guess what their role is? They govern and rule. And then, uh, and then so elders, but we, and then the second classification of an officer in our church is we also have deacons, and somebody tell me what the, what the, uh, role, what, what the deacons do. 
They care for the body. They serve. Did I offend you, Ryan? Is that why you're leaving? Okay. Just check. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Yeah, I can tell you too. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to call attention to you, Ryan. So can you see how, can you see how in many ways the, the people, the, the, way that we've, the way that we're structured uh, as far as officers and leaders in our church really mirrors this idea of prophet, priest, and king. And so as our, as our elders looked at, uh, at this, this, we really, I, I guess, under my, you know, under, under my suggestion, and, and, and I kind of led in this way, that I felt like one of the things that we needed to do is that we needed to think about staffing in this particular congregation of the, the larger, what's going to be a multi-congregational church we pray in the city, that we really needed to figure out how to staff uh, in all of these ways as well. And so what, and to me, what you have in a church is you have vision, and then you have the people, and then you have the structures. And all three of those are, are realities that, that you have to deal with uh, in, in running and manning a church and organizing a church. You, there's the vision component. Who are we? What do we believe we're called to do? Uh, what are our goals? What are our strategies? All those kinds of things. Then you have the people, right? The church is the people. It's the people. And how do you connect people with vision? And how do you, how do you take the vision and get it into people's hearts so that they become the workers that are going to carry that stuff out. But then the third piece is, is how do you create structures? And that word structure sounds, I mean, see, Vicky, this is where it sounds like it's like something other than relationships. But it's not. It's just, it's just a sense of uh, any movement has to do a certain, has to, uh, requires a certain level of organization in order to keep the movement going. There has to be some level of, of, of organization and institutionalization. Right? How, in other words, how do we, what is our structure of care for people? How do we, how do we, um, how do we make sure the lights are on and uh, the air conditioning works and all that kind of stuff in this building if we want to have a meeting here? Right? What, what does, what do the ministry teams, how are we accomplishing ministry through teams and who are on those teams and who's leading those teams and what are the, you know, what's women's ministry look like and what's, I mean, you see what I'm saying? All these different structures of how we're going to do ministry in the church. And so, what we began to think is, okay, then what we really need is we need um, somebody manning each of these uh, different emphases. My role um, <clears throat> in our church, most naturally, and where, I, where the session and I both feel that I'm gifted best, is in the role of, this, of the prophet, of, of the vision caster, pre- primary preacher teacher, that sort of thing. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay, good. So far, so good. Um, what 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 we what we did with Jonathan a few a few months ago is is we gave him. I think oh, most of you are aware of this, but we gave Jonathan. Believe it or not, uh, you know, and this surprises some people, catches some people by surprise. But but Jonathan among these three really is priestly. I mean, he really is. That's he. he so we have tasked him with the oversight of the community group structures the community groups, and the shepherding strategy of our church towards mobilizing people and that sort of thing. What we have been missing, what we've been missing for a long time, and the piece that we've known we've had to put into place, is who's going to be, uh, who's going to be the person that kind of, um, gosh, how do I even characterize? What's the best way to do that? Who's going to oversee 
all of the different, all of the ministry that goes on in the church and the calendaring and the facilities and the budgeting stuff and all of the ministry teams and how they're coordinating with one another and who's making sure the doors are locked and who's making sure that we're reaching our goals and who's, you understand? So, and there are lots of, there are lots of names that you could put to that, to that type person. Some church, some churches would call, uh, Brad, Brad Copeland would, would, I mean, like an executive pastor, right? Somebody who is kind of the, how would you, you, you've thought a lot about that. How would you characterize Right. So administrative. Um, and what, what, so where we have been wrestling with is, is, is what we need is, do we need an administrator or do we need somebody who has a little more pastoral function uh, but tries to carry out? Because, again, to Vicky's point, our goal is to be administrative but to figure out how to be administrative relationally and not just, from an, not just purely organizationally. So, how do you, so we've, we've known for a long time uh, that we've needed to hire this person. There, uh, it's, the, the church has grown to such a degree that it's created a lot of stress uh, for Jonathan and I. Um, to, to, there's been a lot of things, and I think a lot of the holes that we see and a lot of the burden that we carry is because we've not had somebody tasked with this particular function in the church. And so we have been praying, um, and one of the things that we felt like we needed, we felt like we needed somebody who was older because... Uh, to have a bunch of guys in their 30s and then maybe some guys in their 20s is great, but boy, it would sure be nice to have somebody a little bit older. <laughs> somebody a little more experienced, maybe, uh, and somebody with a particular set of, of gifts and abilities. And so I, um, so I wanted to let you know that uh, over the past month, we have actually uh, hired uh, somebody that is a dear, dear friend of mine. And this, this, of course, this of course relates to this particular um, congregation. Jeff and uh, Brad and these guys, and Brad and Brad and Ben and all these guys that are going to go with this second congregation, there's going to come a day where you guys are going to grow and you're going to have to figure out what this looks like for you too. Right? But for our congregation, as we not only think about how are we going to plant this church, but how are we going to plant them, get them out of here. That's, that's, never mind. I was, just, I was supposed to be funny. Yeah, you are. Jeff is the one person on earth that can fulfill all three of these positions at one time. So schedule an emotional breakdown for him in about nine months. No, so uh, how, do we, how, do we, um, how do we launch them, but not only launch them, but then immediately get ready for the next time we're going to do it, right? And, and be the type of place that can, that can continue, continually do this, because this is what we're trying to do. So I say all that to say, I have a dear friend that some of you know that I have desired to get here for a long time and have just not, it's not been the right time for him, it's not been the right time for us, and, um, but he finally uh, agreed to come. And so we've hired a guy, his name's David Smith. Uh, he's a good, uh, good, good friend of mine from a long time ago. We served together, actually, in Winter Haven uh, at Calvary. Uh, he, is the, he married my wife and I um, and uh, in many ways was a mentor to me over the years, uh, he has been serving since he left Winter Haven. I guess he left Winter Haven in 2002, maybe, 2001. Uh, he went to a church where 
he came there as the, basically as the executive pastor, and the church grew from 800 to 3,500. Left there to go um, be at home, be in his hometown with his mom and his dad who were dying. Went to a church of 500, and they immediately grew to 1,500. And yet, um, in, ch- in the church world, a guy that has done that to be willing to come to a church of 300 is pretty remarkable. Um, but he, he has longed, I mean, we're just, we just love one another, and he loves uh, our church. And so we've just dreamed about being together for a long time, and he, um, over the last couple months, agreed to that process. So we've, we've hired him, and uh, he'll be coming uh, sometime in July to serve in our church. And I say that just to say, uh, if you know David, you know um, that his gift is he's just a catalytic leader. He, he knows how to mobilize people. He knows how to, he knows how to put uh, structures together. He knows how to get people doing the right thing in a church, uh, toward everybody working toward the same goal. And, uh, and so I, um, I, I'm really excited about that because I think it positions us to become uh, the, the kind of church that can launch churches like we want to and still remain healthy and whole and reproduce and just keep and keep doing that uh, because I think his gifts are going to be tremendous to that so that's kind of the news I want to share tonight so we found our king king david <laughs> he's 48 years old uh, he has four kids only two of them two of them he has two girls two boys Hayden and Andrew uh Caitlin uh and um Olivia are their daughters Olivia's adopted uh, uh, Caitlin will be a junior in high school. The boys are going to stay put. The girls are going to come with them. They've already got a contract on a house in Cypress Wood. And so they're coming and very excited. And I think it's going to be a huge thing uh, for our church. So questions? Now it's time for questions. What? Did he go to FSU? No. He went to some podunk school in Louisiana. I can't even remember the name. Alcorn State, I think, or something like that. I can't even remember. Hardly reputable, but barely. What's that? Yeah. At least it wasn't UF? Yeah, that's exactly right. We'd have serious trouble then. I mean, who knows? No other questions? I mean, talk to me. What do you think? Yeah. Yes. He, I mean, because, because of his experience in the other churches that he's been at... Yeah, in fact, I mean, um, in fact, that's one of the reasons why he's looking. I mean, he really believes in multiplication through, I mean, he believes in um, growth through multiplication rather than just continuing to grow a church to be, to be big. So that would be his, that would be, yes. He's, he's in the Southern Baptist Convention currently. Another one. Did we? Um, I, you know, I, man, that's a tricky question. Uh, yes, he values, he values our denominational theological convictions. Um, I don't know that he'll seek ordination in our, in our denomination. I don't know that he needs to for the, for the job that he has. That's not because he doesn't want to or doesn't value it. Uh, ordination, the way we do it, Jeff, can I get an amen, can be a little intimidating. <laughs> it really, I mean, it really can be. I mean, it's, cl- it's close to tr- passing the bar after law school. I mean, it really is. And so for a lot of guys, you know, if you don't need it, 
to be able to do your job, do you have to do it? So I think that, that remains to be seen. But, again, we, we value and affirm our theological convictions, but we don't believe we can only work with people who believe everything that we believe either. Thank you. You know, but it is a wisdom issue of, you know, in leadership, the further you get into leadership in our church, the more important it is for us for you to line up theologically with us. And if he did not, then we would not, we wouldn't even be having this, this conversation. So, Thoughts? Any other thoughts? Those of, the, those of you who know him? Don? Yeah, I don't think he wants to do youth ministry. <laughs> I think he's beyond that. So we would still be probably trying to hire somebody to do student ministry, but he would have a large role in overseeing those people. Uh, a lot of the staff would report to him. A lot the, the Con, Connie and the administrative staff would, re, would report to him, and then others would report to Jonathan, and then others would report to me. So we would be just dividing up structures uh, in different ways. This, I think, this hire allows us um, allows us to to get over the hurdle of, of growing. It sets us on the trajectory to continue to grow into the, to the church that we've wanted to be. Yeah. Is that... What do you mean? <laughs> well, I hope what's next is to launch... Is to, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That's what we, that's what we figure. Growth. Growth. Um, well... We have, to have, we have to know how to manage that. And what we've tried to do is, our, our philosophy all along, we're going to get into it, we need to be done, but we're going to get into a longer discussion with this. No, no, you, you opened the can of worms that I was trying to avoid tonight, but nevertheless, Steve's insightful. Um, our, our strategy, we would hope that, I mean, and again, I think I'll get an amen from Jeff, I and mean, we're hoping that 75 people will go with the church plant, or 100 people will go with the church plant, which, but the problem's going to be, the problem's going to be, I'll tell in my, in my small in my small group, in, my in, my, in our community group in our church, um, t- two weeks ago we had, our, we had a community group meeting, and there are a couple of the families in our church, in our community group, that are thinking about going with them, and so they weren't going to be there that night, and I was kind of panicky because, you know, gosh, you know, we're going to, what are we going to do? All these people are going to, you know, and you start to panic, even though I'm for them and want, I say I want 75 people or 100 people to go, but if 100 people go inside, I'll probably be like, <laughs> you know, because there's a death in that, right? So in our, in our small group, Two of those families are leaving, so we, we, uh, we almost canceled because th- four of the families that are usually a part of our small group weren't able to be there, but what happened is, is we came, and we had four brand new families. That we, I mean, that between noon on Sunday and five o'clock when we met had committed to coming to our community group, and so my experience is, if we gave away 100 people October 12th, by November 12th, we probably would have replaced most of those people. It's a weird thing, but that really is. So, so I say that to say, I don't know, our strategy has always been to go through multiplication. I don't know that we can, t- can continue to do it fast enough. So that's... Yes. The session, the session has said to me, we want, you, we want you focusing on vision and preaching. That's what we want you to do. We want him to be the ground troops guy. 
doing that stuff. So we need somebody who can, who can administrate that strategy and who also can help us think about if we, it, so one of the questions is, is if we have a second service that meets in the evening, when, when these guys launch to another part of the city, do we continue to keep the second service so that we can grow through that? I know that, it, or is that not, you know, we've always said small, slow, all these kinds of things. That's the tension that we're, that we're praying through right now. How do we do that? But I can tell you, we feel pretty confident that this hire is, I mean, this hire is going to be like buckling into the, to the Hulk. Right? That's what, we, that's what we anticipate. Yep. 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 Or not. That's right. Yep. And he loves the city. And he's, like I said, he's 48, and I mean, and this is what I appreciate. These are the kind of people I want to work for. He said, this is my last move. I want to retire there. I'm there until you tell me I can't work there anymore. So. Any other thoughts? Um, I will say, I, I would, this is a shameless plug, but I would be hesitant. I would be uh, probably not doing my job if I didn't. It is going to short-term create some stress financially for us. And so I would, I would just, I'm going to be appealing, uh, particularly in the summer, uh, right now as we make some of these transitions. I mean, for a year or so, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to make some, you know, some tightness financially. We have some reserves that we can cover that stuff with. And we have, I think, uh, generous people who want to give. And I, I guess I would say, uh, to those people and to you, man. Now, we, we, I guess, Josh is here, Ron's here, Gene's here, Jonathan's here, I guess Jeff's here. I guess for the session, I could say, we really feel like we're confronted with the situation where now's the time to make a decision, and if we can make the decision and live by faith, then God's going to, then we are finally, we really feel like God's orchestrated this to say, I'm going to do what you've asked for me to do. That's really where we feel like we are, if I'm honest. Is that... <laughs> Okay, would you agree with that? Okay, and those guys back there would too, I think. So, so that's exciting, um, but it is, there is some short-term um, stress and pressure. So pray for that, okay? Any other questions? No, that, nothing else? Man. Well, uh, it'll be nice to have somebody on staff that likes people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Priestly guy doesn't like people. Well, if you catch him on the, on the few moments where his door's not locked and shut in the office, then, I mean, you can get in and talk to him. No, David is, I don't, you tell us about his personality. He's a motivator. He's a people person. He's a mobilizer. He's a discipler. Great people skills. What? Yeah. 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 Those are all good characteristics. So very exciting. Very exciting. I would tell you, I mean, I, I, it's a time to be excited. God is moving. I'm so excited about um, what God's doing through the, the, court, the court group that's developing for our new church, for our new congregation, and how he continues to provide. Pray for the children's ministry and student ministry positions. Those are big, and we need to fill those, and so do pray for that. And if you have any Thoughts about that, please. Jonathan really is the point person for that. 
<laughs> Good. That's great. All right. Well, thank you all for being here. I'm late to go to the youth group. I'm back in the youth group days, baby. It's awesome. Awesome. That's why I planted a church, so I could be a youth pastor again. Father, thank you for my friends, and thank you for the way you provide for our church. Uh, come and continue to do that. Bless us, Father. We pray as the psalmist, bless us, uh, that we might be a blessing to the city you've called us to. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.